Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I'm here with my co-host, Miss Valley Apex Avian. How are you doing today? <laughs> you know, that's a good one. Uh, you know, after yeah. this weekend, I think it's it might... relevant. After this weekend, it might have to be a Simorgue bird of perfection. Uh, but, you know, oh. uh, I'm, uh, I'm giving myself a step up. Uh, actually, it's it, to be honest with you, it's, it's a little more... Uh, it's a little more chaotic than that. I'm feeling a little more rise of the Mega Monarch this week. I'm uh, I'm I'm big and gungly and slow, and I will remove stuff from the field. Uh, but... but you are for <laughs> sure a threat when you hit the board. <laughs> you got that right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and keep things flowing. We have a ton to cover today That's because we've been willfully not covering it recently. So, of course, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about our sponsors so a huge thank you of course to steel fox and etb games for their continued support of the podcast you can check both of them out at their tcg player links in the description down below of course we also want to take the time to thank uh we have dragon shield and tcg player who uh, both we have their affiliate links in the description down below and of course we want to take the time to thank tier zero games and gem accessories there are affiliate links with discounts in the description down below for both of those it's 10 percent either five percent on tier zero and 10% on gem, something like that. Uh, also, of course, we want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for their continued support of the podcast. Thank you to everyone that has joined the Discord server and followed us on YouTube and all of those various things. And with that said, let's go ahead and get on into today's episode because, again, a lot to cover here. Welcome so, to the first, first episode of Season 10. That's a great point. That is a very great <laughs> point. Uh, this is the first episode because we got a ban list. And, uh, of course, it happened uh, about 10 hours after <laughs> we recorded. So, as we were releasing a new episode, uh, the ban list came out, and we were like, we're not doing another episode. I'm pretty sure. So, we're just going to have to wait. I'm pretty sure the audio version of the episode went up maybe half an hour before the ban list got <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. It, it, it was, it it was, was a weird a thing that happened. It was a weird time. It's not usually that early in the morning. Um it, like usually it when weird. usually when we get it, it's around like that eleven time or maybe even like one p.m. But uh, some, I think it was like eight a.m. for me, Mountain Time, something like that. It was very weird. Yeah, yeah. The bandlist dropped really early, and I was very sad because I was like, like for me as a UPS driver, the early part of my day is very much like the busiest and fastest part of my day, where like things are the most intense. It's like, okay, I've got to get these things delivered early. Because the rest of my day is kind of um, kind of dependent on how the early part of my day goes. So it's like, okay, the ban list dropped. Uh, okay, I see what the ban list is. Cool. Let me go ahead. Uh, I need to go ahead and buy some Kashira Fenros real quick. But before I do, let me go ahead and get these next few stops delivered. And so I went back 20 minutes later. I was like, okay, I have a free moment. I can buy my Fenros. And I went and I was like, oh, they went from $8 to $22 so, yeah. <laughs> in like 20 minutes. They're so not that. I missed the boat on that one. They're not that. They're not, um, they're not 22 they're like anymore, but now. they're not eight. <laughs> they're 15. They're still expensive. Yeah, they're 15. Well, so but the other, uh, well, now that uh, we've talked about the uh, extremely convenient uh, launch time of the band list, uh, we can talk about what's on it. Uh, there's only, there's only, yeah, there's only five changes, uh, which I do not mind. I think. It's it's weird, right? So I think a lot of criticism about the list is just is a lot of it is what's not on it and then a lot of it is um 
not a lot of it is what it is, but the when we had the long wait for the list, I think probably that five month wait that we had a couple lists ago, there was a lot of cards on on the list that we got there. Not enough, but there was a lot. And I think people were expecting yeah. this to be the big one. I think probably their model now, I think we'll get one roughly every three-ish months, but one of them is just going to be like a light taps and the other one's going to be the SmackDown. But uh, I don't know. It feels like we've kind of been waiting for the SmackDown and it hasn't come. I'm anticipating us not getting a list. So this, this list will take effect on September 25th for those that are curious. And to me... I don't see us getting another list until around the first of the year. Like after the first of the year, like January yeah. 14th, 15th, kind of after the, all the Konami employees come back from that Christmas break. Because generally after after about December 14th or so, 15th, like after the second week of December, there won't be any more premier events or really any regionals or anything until a couple of weeks into January. Uh, there's usually like a month break in the winter. You usually get like a month break in the summer after Worlds and then like a month break in the winter or really after Nationals. There's like a few week break and then you have Worlds, but then usually like a weekend after Worlds is when the new season starts. So it's almost like while Worlds is really the, the end of the previous year, uh, real it's also t kind of the beginning of the new year. So you get like a month break after Nats and you get like a month break in Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we get another ban list before Christmas. And I, and I know that that's going to upset like a lot of people, but once the employees go on break, it's a couple of, like about 10 days before Christmas. I don't, I just don't see us getting another list. Yeah. I mean, there's no events for us to have a list for uh, usually. So uh, yeah, they did announce um, there's a YCS Richmond, Virginia that is happening. Yes, in, in November. Uh, in November, but fifth and sixth. Yeah. That. Importantly, that event happens before the Rarity Collection releases. Um, and I think yes. the other piece of why we wouldn't get a list is that they want people to have time to play with their copies of Pot of Prosperity at Super Rare before they limit the card. Uh, so I think also uh, they want also they also have the Pot Collection is releasing here in just the next week or two. And the pre-sales, the pot collection are already up on TCG Player, and Prosperity is pre-sailing in the pot collection at thirty-eight dollars. Yep, which uh, the, the other copies are both kind of hovering around forty-ish actually right now. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, so I guess stuff that's on the list, the big one off the top, uh, really the probably like the only really significant change is um, uh, Kashira Arise Heart is banned. Uh, yes, it's a big deal. Uh, it is a, it is a, it's interesting because it is a meta warping change, but the way that the format is right now, it's mostly changing what exists at tier two to three. It's not really changing the top dogs. Right. Mm. I, it is to the extent that it removes Kashira yes, entirely yeah, it is. from being well, a top dog because before you had an inconsistent strategy with a good payoff now you just have an inconsistent strategy with no real impactful payoff in the same way my payoff is uh if you activate a trap card preparations yay <laughs> um, i think the payoff now is that like the cashier engine leads you into an adventure engine i think the payoff is that I you don't... can play uh you can play dimension shifters with the payoff <laughs> yeah I uh, there was some argument about because Kestia Arise Heart was the only ban, it felt like people, uh, some people felt like 
they hit the shifter deck without hitting shifter and they feel like if they would have just hit shifter they don't would have solved the problem entirely but i disagree i think that this was a necessary change that needed to be made yep and that shifter is its own separate problem that also needs to be addressed because if you address one like, like addressing shifter doesn't fix cashira and addressing just the cashira deck doesn't fix shifter you have to do them both yeah the macro dryden't uh, like like if, if Dryden is banned, surely we have to ban Macro Dryden, right? Like, and right. it's 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 about the the ease of access too, right? Like the Zodiacs accessing Dryden one card combo. It's just the Zodiacs. Uh, Kashtira, even though it's a longer process, it is a one card combo to access the Macro Dryden in the form of either Unicorn yes. or Pressured Planet or Prosperity to get any of those cards or Terraforming or what have you. So right. that's the it's the ease of access to something that powerful and that game warping that that means it had to go um yep next up uh i, I agree sorry mike thomas uh trishula tv in shambles um the the two limited cards are bestial magnumut and chaos space i think everybody was expecting some sort of hit to the bestial engine magnumut to one feels like it makes sense although it is kind of funny because people are playing Swarm instead uh and uh I don't think I I did not think Chaos Space would be the card. What are what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that Chaos Space should have been the card a year ago. Oh, yeah, that's yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. It's really hard, right? Because I think Chaos Space should have been limited this entire time. Right now, it feels like it happened really, really late, but it it should have happened a year ago. So at this present moment. I guess I'm not upset about it. Just kind of like, thanks, I guess. I mean, I think a lot of people, it's just a year late. I think on the, the big list predictions, like a lot of people's list with like 15 to 20 cards, right? Everybody was like, we're going to yeah. finally, we're, we're finally going to ban Striker Dragon. We're going to be done with the rocket engine. Get this nonsense out of here. Right. Um, yep. And that would be harsh. Uh, Dragon Link is certainly very good. And honestly, I think Dragon Link is still pretty decent, even with this hit. Um, Magnabut is. is not integral to the strategy while very strong. Lubellion is still at three, so you can go get it as an engine piece. Um, it's yep. just that Magnabut is... is at three as well. Ma uh, Baldrake still exists. Uh, it's Andrew is That's what I'm thinking, Baldrake. Uh, Saranir is a card. Like, Saranir is still a good bestial. Um, if you're playing like a, a heavier engine, it can send, uh, it can send Lubellion and Beast and all that stuff. All the other ones are at three, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um... But Magnumut is the best one generically, and the advantage that it gives you is a little crazy. So one, I think, is totally fair. Chaos Space, yeah. I think, is is a fair limit. It's like if if the baby dragons are at one, and this is the card that gets them, probably we should limit this too. Um, and also, this card does a lot of other things, right? It's not just a Dragon Link card. This card is going to present design issues for the next several years. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there can be any light and dark strategy that doesn't include this card as well as duality and the other cards from Battles of Legend Monstrous Revenge. Which those cards are a little bit more in search of a home. But Chaos Space was just Yep. Uh, it's to... a one card full combo, essentially. They really had to give it the draws too. It's just anyway. Yeah. Um one thing to note is that uh also uh, Worlds, uh, Dragon Link won uh, all three events at Worlds, but also the TCG one. Yeah. And this is not by any means a, a slaughtering of what usually happens when a deck no. wins Worlds, with the exception of, yeah, I think, yeah. Blue Eyes exactly. Um, 
But this is, uh, it would not shock me if this was connected to the world's win in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I honestly feel like it, it's less worlds and more a representation thing because the one regional that I went to right after worlds, Dragon Link was probably the most yeah. represented deck in the room. Even with only Rescue Ace being as close. Vancouver, it was it was second on the ref chart. It was ahead of Pearly. Yeah, it was like un it was unchained, uh, Dragon Link early than cash so dragon link right. at number two if we're if we're knocking cash out that means we're we're giving dragons a oh this is this isn't really a slap on the wrist this is like a this is like this is like a this is a pretty solid sprain that's going to take four to six weeks to heal uh, <laughs> <laughs> it will take four to six formats for dragons to be playable again, but they also will be playable again it'll happen it'll happen uh, All right, you want to go ahead and hit the unlimits? We'll hit the last bits. Uh, these are the cards that really actually don't matter. One of them is cool, uh, but uh, probably doesn't matter. Um, Herald of Orange Light and Salomon Great Gazelle. Uh, I personally am happy about Herald of Orange Light as a fluffle player. Uh, but to be honest with you, uh, this doesn't matter at all. The reason that Herald of Orange Light was so powerful is because you could pitch a Shizu cards. Now that you can no longer do that yes. with any kind of consistency... The Herald of Orange Light is fine. Uh, Eva is banned, so nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> um, Very true. Salomon Great Gazelle is... I don't think it matters. Um, it makes Salomon Great more consistent, but the deck was already more consistent. Uh, and I, I think what Gazelle to 3 does is it makes it a legitimate question whether you play the fire build that does like the trap and the new link for for like rage roar pop four or if you play the old version of the build that focuses on adding a rank four to the existing setup which i think might be better now that uh, dweller is really good into the format uh specifically unchained anyway um so i think it, it opens up some more build options and it opens up the consistency but i do not think it changes where salad is in the format it is a solid like rogue to tier three deck that can do well but i am unconvinced of its staying power I absolutely agree. Uh, I think that Salad is also a very playable rogue deck. I think that it will have the possibility of doing you well at most any uh, tournament that you go to. I think it'll be competitive, but not competitive enough to actually win anything. Well, it did win a regional, but the many, many... Well, Many yeah. formats ago, when people didn't uh, didn't read fire, <laughs> yeah, I think it it can still do some cool stuff. And uh, like rage pop four against some decks will win you the game. It's just uh, yeah. when unchained is the best deck in the format, and your best disruption is that it's getting a little weird. <laughs> I I think that the biggest impact as far as the unlimits is going to be the price point of Herald of Orange Light. Uh, I think that. Herald of the Orange Light, right after the Shizu cards got hit, dropped from like $170 a piece oh, for the Ultimate Rares, dropped down to $55. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they dropped down to like $50, $55, something like that. And it's steadily been climbing back up because people realize that, I mean, I said it at the time, at $55, it was a crazy good buy. And now it's, because it's always relevant in Edison format because of how good the Fairy deck is. So... I think that it'll continue to be a rising card in price. And if you ever want a set for Edison, you better get them now because they're not going to get any cheaper. Yeah. The supers are really nice. They've gone up in price a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah. there are, there and, are and every available. copy of this card is going to 
steadily increase in price. I mean, until it gets a reprint. But um, I, I guess my closing thoughts on this ban list, I understand why so many people are so upset and frustrated with this list. I do. I disagree, but I understand the concern. So most people's concern is that this ban list does not do enough. It does not do enough to undress the things that are unfun with Yu-Gi-Oh! And I completely agree. I think that this ban list does a pretty bad job of addressing the concerns that we have as far as Yu-Gi-Oh!'s entertainment factor, its watchability factor, and it's just pure enjoyment. And until cards like Gozen Rivalry, Tikaboo, and Skill Drain are addressed, until cards like Eradicator Epidemic Virus, Dimensional Barrier, and Harpy's Featherstorm are addressed, you know, until card cards like those, those unfun lingering floodgates, even things like Droll, until all of those things are addressed, I don't think that people are going to have a a good reaction to the ban list. Similar to Mystic Mind, missing list after list after list. I think that until you get to that point where we're addressing people's concerns with the game's fun factor then people are going to continue to have concerns about the ban list. That said, as far as this ban list addressing the concerns within the format itself that I had, uh, the ban list does do a very good job of really addressing that. I mean, Gazelle to 3 is very, very much overdue. Herald of Orange Light to 3 makes sense, right? Like, like I don't have an issue with either of those cards coming to 3. It's not like when Skill Drain came to 3 that we all went, uh, why is this a thing? Right, like these are sensible things that we can peel off the list and try to overall reduce bloat. Right, uh, as far as Rise Heart being forbidden, I gave my thoughts earlier. It's time for the card to go. If we can have, it's just like you said, Skyhawk. If we can have Dryden banned, there's no reason for Dryden Macro to be alive. Right, like that card should go. In fact, in my opinion, it never should have gone to one. It should have I gone should've. straight to banned. But the turnaround on that would have been like three months. So it kind of would have been a fast turnaround. This is still a very fast turnaround for a card to be banned. So um, as far as the limits, I think Magnumut was long overdue. I understand that they wanted to capitalize on the reprint, but I do think it was long overdue. And Chaos Space, I said it before, it was one to two years overdue. I mean, this card was broken on release three years ago. It's still broken now. I don't have an issue with this card being limited I, i'm at the point where i think that the cards that we need to be focusing on limiting are the largest combo enablers and i think the cards that we need to be focusing on banning are the floodgates and the cards that make non-games because i don't think that a combo enables a non-game as much as a card like erad or the barrier personally i think that is the case um and that that's the criticism of the list that i agree with i think this list is very good i think i gave it an 8 out of 10 when i did my reaction um it is very rare that i look at a list and i'm like yep i agree with all of these changes it's i, I don't think it's ever happened so i i'm not going to look yeah. at gift horse in the mouth with changes that all are very good for the game um but yes. again Dimension Shifter not being on here is absurd. Um, 
if 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 a rise heart is a problem surely shifter is um and and we can get into some some more of that in a bit um again the non-game cards have to go uh, i i am holding out hope and so it's hard because konami for some reason just does not want to ban floodgates it, like it took them way too long to ban artifact scythe to the point that they banned it when it wasn't relevant it took them way too long yes. to ban mystic mine and when they banned mystic mine they brought skill drain back to three uh it took yes. them forever to ban imperial order um like they for some reason they just don't and it uh barrier statue of the storm wins it took them probably two formats too long to ban um yep. the however i am holding out hope that the reason we didn't get any of these cards banned is because a lot of them are in the rarity collection specifically dimension shifter and dimensional barrier uh are in the rarity and collection. Uh, eradicator is eradicator in that set i don't think it is i'm I actually i after i said I it i was not, like no nah, i don't i don't think it is i don't think it is i think we had this conversation um and there yeah. are a couple of other cards uh in the rarity collection that are um yeah <laughs> that are the non-game cards right um i hope that on the list after the rarity collection, they will finally address these problem cards. Ban Dimensional Barrier, ban Dimension Shifter. The problem is the problem is cards with a lack of reasonable counterplay. Rivalry and Gozen and Tikaboo are like they suck and they should be gone, but there's more counterplay that exists to those cards. Stuff like the normal trap cards where the counterplay is exactly cross out designator. And you should never be asking anybody to cross out Designator Harpy's Featherstorm in their side deck. Um, is what is I like? I cannot. I I really wish that I could talk to the people at R and D and ask them why, because it is just unfathomable to me that they cannot realize that these cards are an issue. But it it feels almost like there's one dude at R and D that's just like, no, there just has to be broken purple cards that are make the game unfun for someone. I'm sorry, there just has to be a thing in the game. That's really how it feels, because it feels like there's one dude in the R&D department that just gets the final say on things and just refuses to budge. Now that we've kind of gotten our thoughts on the ban list out of the way, uh, we can we can uh, talk about the swan song of an event for Kashtira, which uh, didn't go that I great. I want to bring attention to oh. one last ban list discussion point, if that's okay. Go for it. Let's do it. Um, as far as... Uh, as far as... Kashtira Arise Heart. I think MBT said it best in his banless reaction. This card is like four design issues rolled into one card. It's ease of summoning, it's a macro, it's a trident, and it also is mandatory. And that's like four design principle issues that all mesh into one card. You just make it like too much of a problem. So, yep, I agree. And I, I wish that Konami was willing to uh, use the ban list to fix their mistake more often. Uh, I have often wondered that maybe the reason Dimension Shifter has not been banned is because it's one of the TCG exclusive tin cards and they don't want to admit they made a mistake. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but I, I hope, yeah, it's possible. I hope that, I hope that, um, I hope that they do the right thing. Uh, yep. Okay. So yeah, let's go, like you said, into the event for... The most recent event that we just had, which is YCS Cancun. Cancun. Um, yeah, so the YCS happened. 
and uh, we can go. We'll go through the top thirty-two. But the big story uh, is that uh, Fluandries finally got their YCS win after being in, I think, like four finals. Um, they finally got the the W. Um, was it that many? Yes, it, 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 three or four. Um, I think I believe Flu may have been part of a winning team YCS, but doesn't have a solo win. But it has multiple finals appearances at uh, at large events. And uh, really, yeah. And uh, it, it, so this is finally the the W for the birds. Uh, it it's a great format counter pick. I think we've said it before on the podcast. I think last week I even said it. Fluanderies has the best unchained matchup. Uh, it does not care about Caesar whatsoever. It does not care about Rage. Um, it does not care about Griffin, and that's like the other big option that Unchained has if their other board isn't good. Griffin only affects special summon monsters, so Fluanderies only has to beat the um, the Abominable Unchained Soul from deck, and then they have to beat the Escape. If they can beat those cards, they just wall up Unchained. And when Unchained is the best deck in the room, that's good. One other thing that Flu has in its favor is because Unchained is so good, people are not playing Droll and Lockbird. Fluandries has a problem with Droll, but not if nobody has it in their deck list. <laughs> so, yeah, they just walked right to finals. Well, I would like to say that I think while this is a good spread on representation, uh, it's happy that I'm very happy that the eight unchained or the eight Kashira will be limited going forward. Oh, a seven unchained is less than I thought it was going to be. Um, two Monadium is interesting, um, and I'm kind of surprised by only two Pearly. Those both feel a little bit lighter in the representation categories than i would have thought just like cashier feels kind of heavier than i would have thought but it is what it is two rescue ace is cool two branded makes me wonder if either of those were branded chimera but there is also one chimera so i ugh, it's hard to say um dragon link never dies dinosaur never dies labyrinth never dies math mech never dies rika never dies these cards will, these decks will live on forever. If you want to play a deck that's just going to be competitive until the end of the time, just you can just play one of those. Yep, uh, I think it is good that there are decks like that in in the game, right? Um, what is interesting yeah, is, I, mean, I, I still think Sword Soul is the best deck into this current meta. So I think it's kind of wild that Dragon Link's uh, representation fell off this far. Um, it could be that there was more Cash Tira, because uh, if you look at Vancouver, because this is pre ban list, right? So, to have six Dragon Link top Vancouver, and then only one of it top... This weekend in Bokum will be pre-banless as well. Is there a YCS in Bokum? I thought there was a Bokum. No, you're thinking... Weekend. No, you're thinking of Dortmund, which is next weekend. No, Indy is next weekend. Indy is not until October, Sonny. Then what... <laughs> Wait. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna add. I'm thinking uh, September. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking September 30th to October 1st is what I was thinking of. Yeah, which is which is that would be next week. Which is which is Dortmund. So Dortmund and India the same weekend. Indy is Indy is like October 21st, 22nd. Is it that far away? Yes. Oh wow! I thought Indianapolis was. <laughs> 
So wait, why is Sunny's the Bayless a... not in effect until next Monday? Why 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 do we have a whole weekend of regionals under the uh, ban list? I can't answer why that. I, that. I can't answer that question for you, and that is because this it's weekend It's the last weekend of regionals of this season. Uh so not that's actually not the biggest thing. Uh that's part of it. The other reason is that uh, the OTS championships are this weekend. So uh my yeah, my guess they is want it to be current band they wouldn't want those to be uh under the new list is my is my my guess um the so some interesting technically events coming up after the ban list but not many mm -hmm. uh so some other food for thought for cancun uh finals was fluanderies versus rescue ace uh previously uh rescue i feel like a lot of people thought that uh, rescue ace had an unwinnable um a matchup with Unchained, but I think a few players have proven that you can win the matchup. Uh, Max Reynolds specifically is the guy who made finals, and um, uh, the uh, the thing that the Rescue Ace players are all now doing is Ibli. Uh, so they are using they are doing link plays with Puzzlemino to uh, to make go into a gigantic sprite, give you an Ibli, and then they will make Beat Cop to make the Ibli indestructible. Uh, so good luck with that I one, really folks. Hate Ibli. Uh, so I'm not just speaking of you cards. know what the cool thing about Ibley now is though, mm -hmm. I can justifiably run Forbidden Droplet in my deck, and I can Droplet away the Ibley now. Yes, now that Arise Heart is banned, I think Ibley is still an option, but I think there's actually lots of stuff in the format that can deal with the Ibley lock. Uh, Unchained can just tribute someone one of their level six guys over it, and then keep playing from there. Uh, Rescue Ace actually does put themselves in a bit of a tricky position. Because if there are people playing the Lingaribo in their deck, um, a Lingaribo also contests some of the Rescue Ace trap cards. Now, some people are uh, making sure that doesn't happen by using the Rescue Ace trap that makes it so that the Ibli cannot be used as material. Um, so, <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a little bit, still a bit wonky. Uh, people who are still playing Book of Moon or Book of Eclipse can just go bop, and then that beats the Beat Cop. Um, and again, now that Droplet is a viable card to be playing, uh, you can just send it away. Lots of ways to beat it, but uh, people, I think, were unprepared for it because people were deciding that Rescue Ace was not very good, and uh, it was able to take advantage of that. So, are Book of Moon and Book of Eclipse now either cuttable cards or side deck cards at best? Because I think it's mostly only applicable into the purely matchup, right? Uh... I think a Book of Moon probably will find its way out of deck lists. Uh, I think a Book of Eclipse is still something people should consider playing. Uh, your If your deck cannot play under Caesar, uh, you need some number of outs to it, and Eclipse is quite good. Uh, it's decent as a generic board breaker. Uh, it's still one of the best cards against the Pearly matchup, which you can expect to still see a lot of. Uh, and it has applications against all the other stuff. Against Fluanderies, it flips down the M-Pen, uh, and it forces them to use their other disruptions, so it's decent into that deck. Uh, against Rescue Ace, it can flip down the Hydrant, and that can screw up some of their stuff. And again, it's a way to beat an Ibli that's being protected by the Beat Cop. Um, against Monadium, it forces the Counter Trap or a Negate. At worst, it's a one-for-one -one trade. Uh, at best, if you bait their Negates, it can blank the rest of their interaction. Um, I think Eclipse is still a card you should absolutely be considering playing. If your deck does not care about Caesar that much... Uh, and you feel comfortable into the pearly matchup, you can play other cards instead. Hand traps, I think, are going to start to be a little bit better as people need to prepare more for Unchained. Um, you're going to see a lot more Nibiru, a lot more Ash Blossom uh, than there already has been, even though there's been a lot of Ash. Um, 
but uh yeah book of moon i think we'll see people cutting but book of eclipse still has a lot of applications and be sure to tune in friday when we're gonna dive a little bit more in depth into the meta but until then let's go ahead and move on we have a ton of new cards to cover What's we it? have been procrastinating new cards for the last <laughs> i don't know month or so uh mostly thanks to me uh it's actually not been a month it's been two and a half weeks but uh let's go ahead and cover them we're gonna jump right in quick fast and in a hurry so uh we're starting off as far back as the new we got one more fire king card which is legendary fire king ponix uh this is a level one fire winged beast effect monster 500 attack 200 defense you can only use the first second and third effect of this card's name once per turn one, if your monster or monsters whose original attribute is fire, short battle or card effect, you special summon this card from your hand, which is already crazy in this deck. Two, if this card is normal special summon, you can add one Fire King spell card from your deck to your hand. Again, this lets you just extend, so he summons himself, immediately searches a spell trap. Three, during the next standby phase, after this card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, add it from your graveyard to your hand. So, definitely an effect that you're going to have to remember in the next standby phase in your opponent's standby because this guy is you're gonna want him to have him in your back in your hands dude this card's crazy as per usual they save the craziest card for the structure deck for last it is it is absolutely nuts and importantly it is a level one fire monster and uh, that means it works with the dfl star engine uh so <laughs> be prepared for that uh i think this yeah. i think this deck is good it's just going to depend on what people brew up with it i've seen some preliminary stuff um but it's it's the tank still needs to get janked uh we still got to get more work yeah speaking of fire I, I think that there's a this deck has an enormous amount of potential yeah the rank eight is good uh they've got easy access to negation um very disruption it's cool it's really sick yeah uh speaking of fire oh we've got a new dragon ruler exes uh, scorch the earth with the blaze supreme ruler of dragons uh, so maybe we'll get some more uh, dragon rulers off the list it is a rank 7 shocker uh, fire dragon exceeds uh, 2800 attack 1800 defense it requires exactly two level 7 monsters uh, so if you still want to do tether wolf sure uh, you can only use the second effect name once per turn. Once per turn, you can detach one material from this card, destroy one card in your hand or field, and one card your opponent controls. I love DPE. Two, you can banish two dragon and or fire monsters from your hand and or graveyard. Special summon this card from your graveyard, but return it to the extra deck when it leaves the field. Uh, this card is, I don't think it's anything crazy, but it is a really cool utility piece for the rank seven pool. Um, if we receive, th this reads to me, like we could maybe get a couple of rank sevens with different attributes for dragons, which I think would be kind of cool. Um, uh, it, it's it is it is a it is a solid card that is not crazy. I, while I understand why they are leaning into the dragon rulers as an archetype and giving them their own exes and monsters and things of that sort, I don't really understand why everyone has all of this nostalgia for dragon rulers. Well, I guess the mirror has some level of skill intensity to it. At the same time, this was a tier zero format that a lot of people hated at the time because of the prohibitive cost of the decks. And I guess if you look back on it through rose tinted glasses, it was skillful or whatever, I guess. But let's be honest, this, why are we doing this? Why do we love the dragon rulers all of a sudden? Uh, 
I don't know. I think everybody has like gaslit themselves into thinking that the Dragon Rollers were fun because shortly after that, the next Tier Zero format was Necroz, which was even worse. But that doesn't mean that Dragon Rollers were good. I think we I mean, do. Just good by comparison. I think we do have a history of Stockholm syndroming ourselves about formats. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's possible. Um, yeah, and not just that, but everybody's always like, "We need the Dragon Rollers back. We want the Dragon Rollers back." I, the same people rejoicing that Magnumuts Limited, saying they didn't hit dragons hard enough, are like, "We need the rulers back." Like there will be a point where there is a critical mass of rulers that are back. And you're upset because Dragon Link is just the best deck again. Like, I, I, I make it make sense to me. But at the same time, this is cool. And I, I guess if there's a way to hit it in the Fire King deck, being able to pop one is cool. So. True. Uh, um, you got the rituals next up next? We have, yep. Next we have a bow to the authority of Silent Force. So, um these were three unrelated ritual monsters that were all brought together into the unity of one archetype so first we're going to start with novox the silent forcer disciple level one light fairy effect monster 50 attack 2050 defense oh oh i love that i love the weird attack and defense numbers you can only use the first and third effect of this card's name each once per turn one if this card is normal or special summoned you can place one silent fork continuous spell or trap card from your deck in your face up spell and trap zone Two, if you would ritual summon exactly one light warrior or dragon ritual monster with a card effect that requires use of monsters, you can use this card as the entire requirement. Three, if a light warrior or and or dragon mo ritual monster is special summoned to your field while this card is in your graveyard, you can special summon this card. Seems pretty solid. Seems like it puts a lot of cards on the field. Yeah, it seems very, uh, something to compare this to, it seems very Shuret-esque. Like, uh, it's, it's a playmaker, it substitutes the cost, it does quite a lot. Um, next up, we've got uh, Safira, the Wise Silent Forcer Queen. Obviously, this is a retrain on uh, Safira. Um, I believe it's Queen of Rebirth, something like that. Um, it's yeah. a level 6 light dragon effect, 2500 attack, 2400 defense, each effect once per turn. First one is you can discard this card to send a ritual spell from your deck to the graveyard. Then you can add a light warrior or dragon ritual monster from your deck or graveyard to your hand. Uh, that seems pretty good. Discard one, foolish one, and then uh, and then Rhoda. That seems like it's pretty decent. Uh, two, yep. you can banish this card from your graveyard. Ritual summon one light warrior or dragon ritual monster from your hand by tributing monsters from your field or hand whose total levels equal or exceed the level of the ritual monster you ritual summon. This just seems like a strong starter. Uh, bin a ritual spell, grab a guy, and oh, it's in the graveyard. You can now ritual summon. That seems pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> you may now do one ritual summon. Yay! <laughs> All right. Uh, yep. Next we have Seravius, the sagely silent forcer dragon. Old so man Seravius. Seravius the ancient. Yeah, it used to be Seravius the ancient and ascended. Uh, level seven light dragon effect monster. Twenty six hundred attack. Twenty eight hundred defense. You can only special summon with the first effect of this card's name once per turn. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, you can special summon this card from your hand by shuffling two spells from your hand and or graveyard into the deck, including at least one ritual spell. Two, when your opponent activates a card or effect, quick effect, you can return this card to the hand. Special summon one light warrior or dragon ritual monster from your hand or deck, but shuffle it into the deck during the end phase of the next turn. This card feels usable in more than just this deck. Yeah, I think this is probably pretty good. Uh, I like that a lot of these cards are not like exactly generic ritual support but they have like uses 
Uh, for example, uh, right. th this engine is probably playable in Nouvelles. Uh, they play a lot of warrior rituals. Uh, there are a couple of lights that you can do as well. Um, there are a couple of other decks as well that can use this. And Seravis itself, as a ritual monster, is already very powerful. People know it for its hand effect, but it's actually a negate while it's on the field. I believe it's a special summon negate. So you... Uh, yes. Something like that. But so, so like, these are strong cards that you can get from the deck. Uh, the summon condition is probably... No, if it's... Uh, Seravius is a... Um, is it yeah, a, we, so it's, it's a targeted negation. Like, if your opponent targets uh, a monster you control, you can discard negate. Or if your opponent special summon, you can turn it from your field of the hand to negate and banish. Yep. Okay. Summon negate. I missed the I missed the banish, but. Uh, well, I when I started saying something, I was reading the yeah, first the first negate, one. and then I was like, oh wait, there's also a summon negate yep. here. Yep. It's it's I, honestly it's a good card, but summoning it has just been kind of unprofitable. Now it is. Uh, that's actually really strong with this actually, because this guy just like summons Seravis from deck, so you get the summon the gate, and then it bounces it to hit the hand for the target protection. It's pretty sick. Um, so next up, we've got the the cornerstone ritual monster. This is Skull Guardian, the Silent Forcing Protector, which is a retrain of Skull Guardian. <laughs> it's and a, it is just an amazing. Uh... The artwork it's is an amazing. The artwork, yeah, I love, I love the frame. It's kind of like the um, what's the, the deck with like the light and dark, the link monsters, the pendulum deck, a Valera, a Valsphone or something. I love the frame that's happening going around it. Um, level seven yeah. light warrior ritual, twenty fifty attack, amazing, twenty five hundred. Uh, you can ritual summon this card with silent forcing prayer. You can only use uh the first and third effects of this card's name each once per turn. One, if this card is Ritual Summoned, you can add a Silent Fork monster or one Warrior or Dragon Ritual monster from your deck to your hand. Notably, this is not limited to just lights, uh, so you can get any Warrior Ritual, which has some applications uh, for Libromancer, I believe, because I think Doombroker's a Warrior. Two, gains yeah. 2,050 attack while Novox, the Silent Forcer Disciple, is on your field or in your graveyard. So it buffs itself to 41 if you have the Novox's Prayer Lady. Uh, and then three, when your opponent activates a card or effect and you control no box, the Silent Forcer Disciple, quick effect, you can negate the activation, and if you do, destroy that card. Uh, it is an easy-to-summon Omni-Negate that searches and is also 4,100. Seems good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems good. The, un the unfortunate side effect is that it's a ritual card. So Yes. Silent Forcing Prayer, ritual spell card. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One ritual summon, one light ritual monster from your hand by tributing light monsters from your hand or field whose total levels equal or exceed the level of the ritual monster you summon. Two, if a face-up light ritual monster you control leaves the field by an opponent's card effect, you can banish this this card from your graveyard. Special summon one, Seravius, the Ancient Ascendant, Sephira, Queen of Dragons, or Skull Guardian, the Silent Enforcer Protector, from your hand or deck, ignoring its summoning conditions. Hmm. That's actually... I mean, that feels good. That seems really strong, actually. So what's weird is, like, you could probably... You would... It means that they can't interact easily with the rituals you get out, so it's like a cool form of protection. It feels a lot like the right. er the Earthbound field spell, where they're like, no, 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 they have to stay on the field, or you will suffer the consequences. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, I really like that type of design, for like, how do we make it so that they don't just like get rid of these? Oh, I have an idea. Uh, and like, you, you have to suffer the consequences of Seravis from deck to deal with summons, or yeah. Sephira for the Omni-Negate, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Next up, we've got uh, Silent Forcing Barrier. It's a continuous spell. Uh, the artwork, again, beautiful. Only use the second effect once per turn. While you control Novox, the Silent Forcer Disciple, or any light ritual monster, your opponent's monsters cannot target non-ritual monsters for attacks. Also, your opponent cannot target light monsters you control with card effects. This is to protect the little one to make sure that the ritual gets to keep its negate. Um, seems decent. This... Also, it makes the big one a, a, a towers. Yes, makes it very difficult to deal with. Uh, two, during your main phase, you can add... It's also any light monster, which probably has some application for the extra deck. Um, not being able to target a Beatrice to negate it probably sucks. Two, during your main phase, you can add one Silent Force card or a Skull Guardian ritual monster from your deck to your hand, except Silent Force and Barrier. Oh, okay, so it's also Rhoda. That's, oh, and you, you can place this face up with the little one. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Next, we have Silent Forcing Authority, a continuous trap card. You can only you can use the first effect of this card's name once per turn. One during the main phase, you can activate one of these effects. One shuffle one light warrior or dragon ritual monster or one ritual spell from your hand into the deck. And if you do, take one Silent Force monster from your deck and either add it to your hand or special summon it. Uh, and then two target cards your opponent controls up to the number of light warrior or and dragon ritual monsters you control. Destroy them. Also destroy this card. Um. It's uh, it's definitely a continuous trap card. Yep. I feel like they're giving a lot of decks these cards. It's it's kind of like a... And importantly, you can place this face up with the uh, with the effect of the, the little one. So I think you can... I believe you can use this going second, um, which, is, which is cool. Uh, they're giving a lot of stuff of this Blackout-esque card nowadays, I think. Like uh, kind of Icarus yeah. attack-ish. This one has maybe some different... It started with Revolt. Yeah, this one has maybe some different conditions. I like it. Um, all in all, uh, these cards all read like they're very good. I don't know that it translates to a deck that is overwhelmingly powerful, but uh, it is another toolbox for the Ritual Engine. And honestly, like the, the bosses are a pretty reasonable payoff for what seems like not too much investment. Uh, I think I think these are... These are service like serviceable, playable cards that could be very good if somebody finds a good home for them. I I guess I should rephrase. It didn't start with revolt. It the trend of giving a playable archetypal deck a powerful searchable trap card to add to the end board didn't start with revolt, and it doesn't and it's not going to end with this card. But the trend lately recently has been kind of uh revolt chuche blackout and this and even uh, these kinds of cards even not great decks uh fabled treason um like yeah. there are lots of decks that are having those cards Godi sort yeah. of got one Godi, i think it's Godi chain kind of but not really <laughs> yeah all right uh, next we have another uh, smattering of support from the new set which is so this stuff just came out of phantom nightmare and now this stuff and we're about to read which is the magic specter support is also from phantom nightmare yep so uh, starting with magic specter porcupine yamarashi i think yep uh wind spellcaster pendulum effect monster pendulum scale of two level four 1500 attack 1500 defense you can only use the first and second monster effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, during the main phase, you, if you control a Magic Specter monster quick effect, you can special on this card from your hand. That's very good. Two, if this card is normal special, you can target one Magic Specter spell in your graveyard and set it. Three, 
cannot be destroyed. Oh, oh, oh. I tried to hold back on the yawn, but it got me. Three cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. Your opponent cannot target this card with card effects. So this is a standard Magic Specter. Uh, this is a pretty standard Magic Specter type card, from what I understand. The not having a pendulum effect is pretty standard for magic specters as well as it cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects and cannot be targeted uh with card your opponent can't target it with card effects so uh, that can't be destroyed can't be targeted thing is part of what makes kieran so uh difficult to deal with but also um it's like a bog standard thing for a lot of magic specters yep all the main deck ones uh i don't believe all the extra deck ones have that protection but the main deck ones do uh, it's a good card. <laughs> it's an extender. It gets you a spell. Seems legit. Um, we got a new Xyz, Pendulum Xyz, uh, Magispector Draco. Uh, amazing name. I assume we'll probably get this as like Magispector Draco Slayer, I would I would expect. Uh, Wind Spellcaster, Xyz, Pendulum Effects. Uh, pendulum Scales are 5 and it's a rank 4. Uh, 2300, 2000. Uh, it requires any two level 4 monsters. So this is generic to make. Um... Pendulum effect is uh, if you have a Magispector or Draco Slayer card in your other Pendulum zone, you can add a Magispector card from your deck to your hand, then you can destroy one card in your Pendulum zone. Already very good. Uh, if you can Pendulum Summon level 4, you can Pendulum Summon this face-up card from your extra deck. Sure. If a monster or monsters is tributed while this monster is on the field, you can detach one material for this card, special summon one level 6 or lower wind spellcaster monster from your deck. There's an interesting pool of cards here. Um, I believe uh, the Wind Witches are cards that you can access with this, but importantly, if they unban Kirin, you can just go get Kirin with this. Two, if this card in the Monster Zone is destroyed by Battle or Card Effect Retributed, you can place it in the Pendulum Zone. It's good. That's a lot of good words. <laughs> it's a lot of... Yeah, it's a lot of things, for sure. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, go ahead. I'll... I'll come back to this. Uh, I'll, I'll read the next one. This, the next one is the next one is the card that's ridiculous. This card is insane. Yeah. Next we have Magispector Orthrus New, Wind Spellcaster Link Effect Monster Attack fifteen hundred Link Two Arrows going to the bottom left and bottom right. You can only use the the effect of this card once per turn. So it's one effect and it's once per turn. One. If this card is Link Summon, you can activate this effect. You cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck for the rest of this turn, except Magispector and Draco Slayer monsters. Also, add up to two face-up Magispector Pendulum monsters from your extra deck to your hand. Then you can add up to two Magispector Pendulum monsters with different names from each other to your deck to your extra deck face-up. <laughs> this card yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you had read this till this point. Uh... This, I haven't read any of the cards yeah. we're reading today. Not it, a single one except for exactly the this, Infernoids. This card is genuinely unbelievable. So I remember when the DDD link got revealed. People were like, oh, this is ridiculous. But this card is the DDD link, but power crept. This card is like the DDD yes. link, but instead of like your scales and add a guy, it's your scales and you add two guys. And all those guys add more stuff. Bunbuku, there's a reason that's expensive now, partially because it like there's only two printings of it and they're both ultras from 2015. But the other reason is that uh, Bunbuku is a searcher for your archetypal spell traps. Um, and there's a Yada, I think, is a searcher for your monsters. So this card is just like infinite advantage in bodies. And there's enough good stuff in the Magispector and Draco Slayer pool that getting locked is a non-issue. You can still put up a pretty ridiculous board. Uh, this card, is I cannot believe they wrote this card. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, this card is ridiculous. 
so the last card is a quick play spell, uh, Magispector Wind. Uh, you can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. When you activate this card, you can also choose to tribute a Wind Spellcaster monster. Huh, I wonder what could possibly trigger the Xyz. Uh, special summon one Magispector monster from your hand or graveyard, or if you tributed a monster at activation, you can special summon it from your deck instead. Cool. Uh, I, yep. we got, we got, it's, it's uh, it's kind of, it's emergency, uh, it's optional, the tribute, so you can either revive, or you can extend from the hand, or if you've got a body, grab it from deck, and, uh, this deck does have cards that, uh, trigger when, um, cards are tributed, especially the Draco Slayers, um, so, I don't know, this wave of support seems crazy, like, this has to at least be playable, I think, personally. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that, from what I've seen, some of the combos that I've seen happening on Twitter uh, make the deck seem like it has an end board. But I think that you realistically need to have somewhere to go with it. I think that the new Magispector Link, while very, very good, like um, Electromite levels of good, is also very keyed in on exactly Magispectors, which is good. Because it solves the exact issue that Electromite presents, which Electromite was too generic. Now, while this card's very broken, it's the exact opposite. It's ex it's ex extremely specifically for exactly uh, the Magispectors. And at the same time, it does a lot, but by locking you into Magispectors, it doesn't bring you to these crazy wombo combo pendulum end boards that the pendulum decks have suffered through for a long time, right? Where you're just like, okay, I'm going to do a pendulum combo uh, and I'm not going to end on any pendulum cards. I'm going to end on like Appaloosa and Baron and this and that. And it's not that because it, while you can do stuff, it's, I think it would be kind of difficult to do exactly that. I don't know. It could be wrong. This could be like an end of the combo card. But for me, I think that it is both Electromite Light and a better Electromite in the sense of what it's intended to do. Does that make sense? Am I nope. rambling here? No, nope. I'm with you. I think it is good. Like, similar to the design of the DGG Link. Uh, that card is absolutely ridiculous. Gilgamesh is crazy. Y you can pretty much only do DDDs if you're doing that, and that's what this card does. I will say, however, the Magispector board is pretty scary. Uh, because Majesty Paladin is treated as a Magispector and a Draco Slayer card, uh, and all of them are spellcasters, uh, they can just go search Secret Village and back it up with a bunch of counter traps. So, have fun! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fun, well, we got some fish. Well, uh, speaking of things, uh, we are out of time, actually. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, we, we can talk about fish next time! <laughs> we will! I promise! <laughs> so... I am going to go ahead and um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I love you all to death, and I don't want this to end, but it has to. I'm sorry. Uh, I know. I know. Insane. So be sure to tune in next episode where we are not only going to talk about meta relevant things like maybe the best hand traps or the best decks in the coming format for what the format's going to be. This current format's only going to last about a month before Agov releases. And then we're going to have to start talking about what's coming out in Agov and kind of reviewing that and seeing where we're going to be going from there. Mm -hmm. But uh, to that end, we're going to be talking about something meta-relevant 
as well as we have some white aura support. We have some horse support. We got ice barrier support, infernoid support, which we ended up not even getting to, even though I went through all the trouble of learning it. And <laughs> we got a new V jump promo, which is Pendulum Witch. So I guess I just covered that. So, hey, there we go. Uh, with that said, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons for their continued support of the podcast. So a huge thank you to Bring Red Reboot back to 3K and Martin Zyphers, Big Stinky Blows, his best copium, Ding Dong's hostess of the Yangtze. Free my homie Gazelle. He said he's sorry. Good news! Gazelle is free! For you particularly. <laughs> uh, Gold Secrets coming back when, Konami? Got my ash beat by my, my cross-out designator. HGH Cyber. I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. Is Canada Nickelback, John Lil, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pistol Plays Pendulums, Silver Hope, Understanding and Reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. Has anyone read Toy Vendor, it's kind of like reading Miss Cars. Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashless Chapter, CEO Simple the Silver Castle, Black Wing Silver, and they sent it is the best floodgate. Box wine, come on and get your game one. Duty booty, dragon maid, list behavior. How about some Rika Glimmer Trooper Cost these playing? That's in your mouth. Level four fire warrior gamey. Lama Yama Cam Sarama Maxi Pack Neshi. Old Man Red Pinko one for three and slaking it up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, if you want to uh, support the theory that we uh, are directly impacting things in this game by predicting them, uh, free my homie Gazelle. He said he's sorry is another thing that you can chalk us to talk up to us speaking into existence. So with that said, thank you all for enjoying another episode of the podcast. And until next time, I hope you have a great week, everybody. Uh, my last little bit is that it is really amazing that we have made it to uh, 10 seasons of the Top Cut podcast, but I've only been here for one. So my question to you all is, uh, how did I get here? <laughs> That's the, the, yeah. name, the name of the card is how did I get here? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Bye.